the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 30. I'm your host, Avatar, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How are you doing, Nihal? Wow, man. 30 episodes. It's a milestone. It's a milestone. It yeah, really is. it is. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to our fans and to our listeners for sticking with us. If you're new, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we also want to apologize for uh, not having a podcast in a really long time. Um, you know, after this week, we'll start having them weekly again. Um, but you know, we had finals, we had, we went on vacation. Um, it was sort of a crazy time for us. So we didn't really have time to record. I know we missed a lot like Tigres winning the Liga Emeki's final. Uh, we missed the European cup draw, uh, England and Wales are playing each other, which was exciting. Um, Barcelona also, uh, won the club world cup, which is not too, too important. Um, but we missed a lot. Uh, we're going to cover a lot today. Uh, fortunately, um, not so much matches, but we do have a lot of news we want to hit on. Some of it a little bit older, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. But before we get into the soccer talk, um, let's talk about Ambitious Strike, uh, a great t-shirt company. Go check out their website, uh, ambitiousstrike.com, A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S-S-T-R-Y-K.com, and use the code BROTHERS for a 15% off discount on your entire purchase what a deal. Yeah. It's a great deal. It's a great deal. It helps you guys. It helps us. It helps Ambitious Strike. Yeah. Everyone's happy. They're a great, great website. So, why don't... Okay, before before we get into the soccer, how about Star Wars, man? That's, you know, we saw it three times. We did. Um, three different formats. Yeah, we're not going to spoil anything if you haven't seen it, but go see it. Yeah, three different formats. That's true. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just so excited. We're both so excited. It didn't disappoint, and we're, we're looking forward to... This new generation of the franchise that we've loved all of. Oh, how good were the new actors? It's great. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff you can critical things you can say about the movie, but I mean, just you know, in some nation before we get into soccer, I think this, the point of this movie was to point out the fact that it's in good hands. It's gonna be. Gr- I think it's gonna be great going forward. It, it's it's just awesome. It's awesome to be really excited after seeing a Star Wars movie. Um, and and to to be as mature as we are as like you know because when we when we saw the prequels we were little uh, yeah. so we just were excited about Star Wars and the action I mean going back and watching them not so great I mean we still have an emotional connection to them um, I mean Revenge of the Sith is a good movie uh, but the, the point is is that Star Wars is back in a new form but it has that same feeling of the originals and, yeah. and the same dialogue and banter right. and everything else and and we it. we didn't grow up being able to see Star Wars in theaters. I mean, we saw, we saw, I saw Phantom Menace in theaters. You didn't. I saw Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. You saw Revenge of the Sith in theaters. I don't, did we see Attack of the Clones in theaters? I'm sure you did. 2002. Maybe. I mean, either way, as you know, I remember, I remember, uh, Revenge of the Sith a little bit, but I mean, this was just, it's just such an awesome experience. It's such a great community. It's something most people are in. It's just a crazy phenomenon. I mean, the amount of money they made, um, already yeah. at one point five billion dollars right now. It's crazy. Uh, Wait, really? Yeah. Worldwide? Yeah. Box office. That's um, crazy. All right. Enough of Star Wars. Go watch it. They're not paying us. Just go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, some big news for the U.S. men's national team is that Jurgen Klinsmann added four players uh, to this uh, this year's January camp, which are David Bingham. Stephen Bin- Burnbaum, sorry, Brandon Vincent and Perry Kitchen, and uh, the two exclusions are uh, Lashi and Mark Pelosi. Yeah, well, not exclusions; they just withdrew from. Camp. Sorry, withdrew because of yeah. injuries. Yeah, the two uh, the two earthquake players leaving. Uh, interestingly, that's no, not that interesting. But I mean, bi- injured, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Bingham Bingham is uh, another earthquakes player, um, but an interesting roster, a good mixture of the U twenty threes and the senior national team players. Um, or established senior national team players. I'm really, really excited to play the, see the Columbus Crew Trio, Will Trapp, Tony Chani, and Ethan Finley. Um, I know on, th- on this podcast we've been singing their praises all year, especially Ethan Finley, um, a very direct player, but a player who's also creative, who's pacey, something we've seriously lacked on the wings, um, who has pretty good technical ability, did not have a great playoff run. Um, but, I mean, it's just, exci- just going to be exciting to see if he can cut it at this level. Yeah. But, but when you talk about wingers like Ethan Finley, I know you're going to be mad about this one, but we don't see Sebastian Lechet on this roster, so... Um, yeah, I mean, they are two different players. Uh, Lechet 
not quite as fast, um, probably a bit of a better finisher, more technical, uh, probably can create more by himself. But yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I think uh, he is someone, I, I believe he's not eligible for, for the Olympics by a few months or by a year. Um, but he's someone I really wanted to see. I know you wanted to see too. Um, and it's just really, really disappointing that we're not going to get to see these guys or this guy. Uh, he he had a great season, uh, great half season. He came in the summer in MLS. He really was a was an integral part in the Galaxy's run uh, late in the season. Um, I mean, they only they didn't really get that far in the playoffs, but uh, you know he's going to continue to develop. Um, he's still young, twenty two, I believe. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll get his chance in March. Um, during our next World Cup qualifiers. At least I hope, I hope uh, he does. But it's an interesting mixture, right? I, I don't really know how it's going to work. It's, it's really, really yeah. interesting. I, there's, there's, I feel like Jurgen usually doesn't give us six forwards, or at least well, they're, I mean, not, they're not all defined, you know. They're like not strikers. strikers. Yeah. But it's definitely, it's definitely going to be interesting. You always mention the fact that the best American winger on LA Galaxy makes it, or doesn't make it, right. below the second best yeah, yeah. American artist, winger, yeah. which is Jossie's artist um, for LA Galaxy. Yeah. I so, I mean, do you think Jossie's going to be playing a more central role or out wide? Um, you know, I, I, I think he'll probably be playing out wide. I think the strikers are Altidore, Morris, Shelton, and Kesevetter. Uh Morris is with Werder Bremen right now. I, we'll touch on that later. So he's going to come to camp late. Um, I expect Altidore and maybe Zardes will start up top. I mean, Finley, I'm hoping gets a start. When you look at the midfielders listed on this team, um, aside from Darlington Nagby, they're not outside midfielders or they can't play outside midfield. Um, maybe, maybe uh, Mixed Discrude can. We've seen him there before. We've seen Jones there before. Yeah, but. Once, I don't expect I don't him, know though. why he's. I guess to. Discrude. Yeah. Yeah, Discrude can. I, yeah. But, but, I mean, even going to the um, defenders. None of them are outside midfielders as well. So I think Finley and Zardes are really the only true outside midfielders. But looking at looking at the roster overall, Darlington Nagby is probably going to start out wide. I mean, yeah. hopefully Nagby and Finley. Have we seen him in a central role for the national team? For a little while, I think against Trinidad. Okay, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to see him uh, suit up for the national team again. If you look at the defenders for this team, you see a lot of faces that we don't normally see. Eric mm-hmm. Miller, Tim Parker, Matt Polster, we haven't seen him much of, Brandon Vincent. Right. And, uh, and, and the scary part is one of these players is a full-time fullback, and that is Eric Miller from Montreal. All these other players, like Polster, or actually Vincent's a fullback as well. Um, he just got added to the roster. Um, Polster, um, Acosta, Acosta, Tim Parker. Uh, these guys are either center backs or midfield or midfielders. Yeah, central defensive midfielders. In the cases of Acosta and Polster, turned into outside backs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they perform. Um, I mean, you know, it, it works. I guess. I mean, Philip Lom. I mean, it's the opposite, though, right? They move to fullbacks move to central midfield. Yeah, that we see that. Um, but uh, I mean, it's something that we've seen with the, the national team before. At all levels, Kellen Acosta played left back in the U20 World Cup, right back with the U23s over the summer. Um, so, you know, it's something we see. Here. I think it, in 06 in the World Cup, um, uh, Jurgen played uh, Thomas Hitzelberger, remember, the central great central midfielder. He played him at left back. Um, so, I mean, it's something, you know, we, we don't really have very many left backs. I'm excited to see uh, Via Fania. The former Portland Timbers uh, left back, who's in Liga MX right now, maybe come in in March. Um, you know, uh, Breck Shea's not on this roster, so we're not going to see him at left back, and we thought he might be the one. Uh, and maybe Brandon Vincent does start. Maybe Beasler plays left back. I mean, would you really be? No. Uh, really be <laughs> surprised? Be uh, I thought you were going to ask me if I'd be a fan of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know about that. No. Because I feel like you'd just be putting him at left back for January yeah. camp. You can't. You wouldn't play him at left back normally. I mean, who with, knows? With our European selections at. Why not? Brooks, Yedlin, uh, Yedlin, Cameron, Brooks, Beasley. Yedlin, Cameron, Brooks, Beasley. 
Really? I guess that, I guess that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he could. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, uh, I, I was thinking about Fabian Jobs as a fullback for a second, but he's yeah. been playing a lot of. Well, know, I think we need to have him in the country. midfield. Yeah, we need to have yeah, Fabian. Yeah. No, he is a mid, he's a yeah. midfielder, and I think also Jeff Cameron should should take over Kyle Beckerman's role in the midfield. That's so what, you just said Cameron is in the back four. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying you know I was just saying if you put Cameron in the back four, maybe yeah. there's room for Beasler out wide. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very very excited to see Matt Miazga. I'm a big fan of Matt Polster. Um, I know in podcasts way back when in the summer in September, I was saying this guy needs to get called up. Great player. Um, I, I think yeah, and, and Brandon Vincent, the interesting one, the the former Stanford Cardinal, just declared uh, as a Generation Adidas player, going it, it, currently at the MLS Combine down in Florida, um, probably a top five pick, if not the top pick in the draft. Um, I, I, you know, I have high hopes for him. Uh, he's a two-time um, Pac-12 Defender of the Year. Uh, very, very good player. I haven't seen him play much, but from from what I've read and what I've seen um, in, in terms of highlights, in terms of analysis, he seems like a, a very, very good player and a solid option going forward. Hopefully that translates to MLS and to the national team. Yeah. When, when you look at the midfield, or going over to the midfield for, for this roster... I I think Jurgen did a decent job because pretty much any type of midfielder that you want to play is available in this. I wanted to see Benny Fellhaber, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think it's fine. I mean, maybe if there's one person I would have left off, it's Johnny, just because I don't think he's as different as... I would have left off Discrude. Yeah, he yeah, actually Discrude. Yeah. yeah. Because well, if we're playing Nagby out wide, Discrude probably is the most creative midfielder. Uh, yeah, I mean, Lee wins there. Oh, yeah, sure. um, yeah, I'd like to have seen Fellhaber and Lechet. I mean, those are the ones that I, I would have liked to see. I, but you're right. You know, I think... Yeah, I think you would have listed Lechet as a forward, though. Cause, cause no, I don't think this. so. Well, I mean, but but like you said before, like all, the, all the center midfielders Maybe. are I don't know. midfielders. Well, he, but, but Lechet can be a central midfielder, too. And we might see him play there this year, especially since Juninho left. Um, yeah. I, we'll, we'll talk about the Galaxy. We'll... You know, maybe we'll have an MLS preview show. Um, but, yeah, I think you got it right. You know, I'm excited to see Perry Kitchen. I'm really excited to see Will Trapp and Tony Chani. Uh, Tony Chani is, is a good destroyer. He he can also, you know, he can hit the diagonal ball. He has, He's very good at through balls. Um, and also, he has a good partnership with Will Trapp. And that, you know, that shouldn't go unnoticed. Uh, you know, if you have Chani, Trapp, and Bradley in midfield, um, you know, that's a possibility. Uh, that, that, I mean... Who else would play? Maybe maybe Jones, maybe Kitchen. I mean, any of them could play. But, I mean, I think that would be a cool it's cool to see that, that that partnership in defensive midfield translate to the U.S. national team. Um, you know, you see it with big national teams. You know, center midfielders who, who know each other. For years, Xavi and Iniesta. Um, and Xavi Alonso had played with them many, many times. You know, they're already established. Um, the Bayern Munich players with Schweinsteiger and Cruz, who aren't there now, um, but who played together for years, right? Um, uh, I mean, so... Yeah, yeah, it's definitely important to establish uh, or to have connections established already right. uh, with clubs. I mean, they know each other. They know what lanes the other one's going to cover. Um, and they were a big part of, of Columbus Crew's run to the Columbus Crew SC's run um, to the championship game. So, uh, but yeah, like you said, I, I think the midfield the midfielders look great. I mean, there's not really much you could change here. Maybe not Jermaine Jones. Don't know why he's still there. Maybe to mentor younger players, as I said a few minutes ago. Um, the other change, mixed screwed. You know, he's a good player, but he didn't have a good season. Um, I think we could have. I think we could have seen maybe another player like Phil Haber. Um, You know, Dax McCarty is another one. Uh, even Sasha Kledgston, Sebastian Lechet. So give someone else a shot. Um, I really would have liked to have seen that. When you talk about players who have the chance to prove themselves in January camp, I, I think I think if Will Trapp performs, because we've already seen him perform consistently in MLS, yeah. so this could earn him you know, more consistent caps. But if he does mess up, it could, it could maybe spell the end. Of right. his whole U.S. men's national team career. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know about that. I mean, not the end, but but if he wants to, like, be seriously put well, into Well, okay, here's, here's the thing. This this roster obviously has an emphasis on the U23s. Will Trapp is the captain of that team. Um, so no matter what he does, I don't think 
unless we don't qualify for the Olympics, I don't think we're going to see him. I mean, which is possible, very possible. Okay, let's say we do qualify for the Olympics. He's not going to be with the senior national team uh, in the Copa America, I don't think. He'll probably be in the Olympics. You know, there's players that can play with both. Jordan Morris is another one. Both these guys um, are good enough for the national team, but they're, they're, they're probably going to be playing with the U23s. So, I mean, I, don't, I really don't think he can mess up that, that badly. I mean, he still has a lot of room to grow. It's not like if he messes up now, um, you know, maybe he doesn't get another call-up for a few months, but he's still one of the best players in the pool, don't you agree? Yeah, I, I think right now, I mean, he definitely looks competitive in in the uh, in this you know January camp format. But we're gonna see we're gonna see most likely Nagby play a central midfield role. That's what we want to see him in. So but, then, I, but looking at the roster, is he going to? No, 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 not not in this, but just go just going forward. So he's gonna, so Will Trapp's also gonna have to compete with Nagby. Well, and, I, I don't think that's necessarily true. Really, with Fabian Fabian Johnson Yedlin. I, well, oh, you want Yedlin at fullback though. Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's all it's, tough, but yeah, I mean it, it is. I mean, I, I don't know. I think Will Trap. I think Will Trap is going to be a U.S. MNT mainstay going forward. I, I think. Do, he, do you think he'll be in the 2018 World Cup? Yeah, I really do. Um, out out of the U23 players um, here at this camp, so not including John Brooks, not including DeAndre Edlin, um, even Julian Green, I think he has the best shot maybe along with Jordan Morris, at being at the 2018 World Cup. Um, yeah, that being said, I'm going to go back to what you said about the midfield. What really excites me about this midfield is if you play, like, Win and Trap or, you know, Nagby and Trap or Discreet, you know, it gives Bradley to it gives Bradley the chance to be that number eight we've been waiting to see, right? A box-to-box midfielder. Um, he can have an attacking midfielder in front of him, um, along with Josie or whoever's playing striker. And with a defensive midfielder behind him and Trap or Chani or Jermaine Jones. Yeah, um, yeah, it gives him more freedom. Yeah, so I'm hoping we get to see that. Um, we'll probably see two up top. I'm guessing that's what we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see Josie Aldador for some reason. I don't know why. And... <sighs> he gives you hope. He's, yeah. He still is our best striker in the pool. Aaron Johansson's hurt. I, including Johansson. I think Josie Elsdor is our best striker. Actually, yeah. yeah Johansson, when is he not hurt? Yeah, I mean, that, I, mean yeah, that's I feel issue. bad for him, but, like, you know, he needs to he needs to get over this latest injury. He was starting to play well for Peter Bremen, um, but, you know, you have to hope he doesn't lose his spot. If Morris signs with Peter Bremen, he, I mean, that'd be really cool to see Johansson and Morris up top together at the club ooh, ooh, Wait, correct me if I'm wrong. We haven't seen Fabian Johnson since he went on his whole hot streak with Bertrand Mujigalabak, right? We we have I mean, not so for the U.S. national. Oh, for the U.S. No, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Uh, we saw it during, didn't we? Maybe not. No, it was I don't it was so. it was all after. I think October was the last time we played U.S. men's national. November. Team. November. Yeah, we played Trinidad. And then it was the second to last match week where Fabian Johnson scored. And then he scored like and then yeah, which I was thought, late November. I I'm think. pretty sure he scored before. Okay, maybe. I mean, it doesn't matter. Anyways, my, my point is, do you think we can? Even for the U.S. men's national team, do you think we can expect Fabian Johnson to be a, a goal scorer? I think we can. I mean, it's, it's, impo- it's impossible for him to keep this form throughout the year or for the next three years. Um, but I think I think he can. Why? You think he can score four goals in three games? For no, him? well, not for Bruce Munch and Glaba. I mean, I... I you, I mean, he's talented. I, I guess our, our, the, our last dominant goal scorer who wasn't really a forward was Landon Donovan. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, I guess Dempsey when he played out wide in like 2010. Like a, yeah, a long time ago. But I, I think I think it could happen again. I, I see. I, I mean, see a lot in Fabian. Our last dominant goal scorer period was Landon Donovan and Dempsey at the same yeah. time. I mean, since then Dempsey. Has scored in the Gold Cup and has scored. I mean, but he hasn't really controlled games like he used to. I mean, we are seriously missing a player who can. He's not on this roster, by the way, Dempsey. We're seriously missing a player who can create his own chances. Josie's not that guy. Jordan Morris may be that guy. Jerome Casey Vetter may be that guy. Even Kyrie Shelton may be that guy. I think Rubio Rubin is that guy. But we. 
That's the thing. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult period right now because we do not have a Landon Donovan. I mean, that's why I think, you know, you know how much I love Landon Donovan. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know, so maybe I'm a little bit biased, but this is the reason why I think he's an absolute world class. He was an absolute world class player, and it's, it's because just look at the drop off since he's retired or since he wasn't on the team. We played, yeah, we played well in 2014, kind of. Um, but who in this roster in in the World Cup qualifiers? Who is the one guy you could look to and say? Pull this out for us. Because Fabian Johnson, like you said, could be that guy. But is he really put in that position in the system? I don't think so. No, he's not. So I think something has to change there. Because, I mean, I, I don't, I can't, obviously can't say Fabian Johnson is as good as Landon Donovan. Uh, but, I hope, but I hope we can experiment with that kind of thing with with Finley. Because Finley is... Kind of the winger, all about getting getting in behind the defense out wide. Yeah, right? he's he's, so, he's direct. Yeah, so, but that's what that's why I think Letjet on one side and Finley on the other, or Letjet and and Fabian Johnson just could be a really intriguing you know intriguing pair because Letjet can find those find those spaces and Fabian Johnson's more free to go forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. But also, Fabian doesn't like you see some of the you know. You see the midfielders like Granite Xhaka, uh, Dahoud, uh, Raphael, even these guys who are playing for Borussia Mönchengladbach. We have no one that good to give Fabian Johnson the ball. Yeah, it's it's, it's not going to be the same. But isn't that why we need a creative midfielder? You have Josie. Okay, think about like our our top choice players. Dempsey, who can create, but hasn't really been able to at the national team level for a while. Zardes, who doesn't create anything. Josie, who doesn't create anything. Yedlin, on, Yedlin doesn't create anything. And then Michael Bradley, who just tries. And then when he tries too hard, he loses the ball. And everyone blames him. It's like Aaron Rodgers this season. There's no one, there's no one around him. It breaks down. Michael Bradley loses the ball in midfield. And everyone's, everyone's like, why, why didn't he get rid of the ball? There's no one to give the ball to. Fabian Johnson is is the one. Sorry, who did Donovan have? That's my point. That's why he is the greatest. <laughs> okay, okay. I didn't know what your point was. Yeah, sorry. I was a, I was <laughs> just going on a little bit of a tangent, but but also the systems of Bradley and Arena also were sort of built around him. Yeah, and you know Josie Josie can create if he's given the right partner, a speedy partner like Charlie Davis, maybe Jordan Morris. That's why. I'm excited. I'm excited to see Jordan Morris and Altidore together up top. I think that's a really, really intriguing, intriguing pair. I mean, Morris is just super fast. Altidore, uh, pretty strong. I think his I think his strength and hold up play are a little overrated. Um, I, I feel like whenever we see a, a two striker set for the U.S. Men's National Team, it's always one tends to stand out over the other. We don't. We well, don't always, see like a it's always pairing. It's always Dempsey and Altidore. And they don't work. They don't work. Yeah. Has you? Johansson's played with Altidore a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it worked in uh, that Denmark game. Always comes comes to mind. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good match. Not defensively. No. Who's our keeper then in that game? Howard. I think Guzan. Guzan. Yeah. All right. Why don't we? Yeah. So if you want to watch this uh, January camp team. Play in friendlies, and on January 31st, 2016, we play Iceland in the Stuff Hub Center in Carson. And on February 5th, uh, 7.15 p.m. Pacific time, we, we also take on Canada in the Stuff Hub Center. Yep, that's 3.45 and 10.15, respectively, Eastern time. Um, all right, so last thing with this roster, give me one player who you, who you think will prove themselves and who you think will become a mainstay. Because... There always are those guys. Is Nagby in that not a, well, not including Nagby, so a, a new, like a relatively new face. Nagby's played three games. I, I mean, I, I, think, I think I think Nagby already is that guy. Okay. Right? I think yeah. he's already in there. Um, I want to. If me, I want to see Miazga impress me a lot. Okay. But I feel like it's still going to be harder for him to break into the like the World Cup qualifying starting eleven. Yeah. Um. So who I'm going to look for this time around is Ethan Finley. 
Okay. Because I think he actually has. We don't have that many good consistent wingers. So if, if he can play well, then it's, you think that it's be... his opportunity to lose. Yeah. I want to go with Lee Win. I think this is his chance to start and not get ten minute cameos um, and maybe propel himself there. But I don't know if if his time. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, he's probably going to play out wide. That's probably what's going to happen. Don't you think? Uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. That's probably what's going to okay. happen. Um, but I'd like to see him play number 10, maybe break in. But the one player I am looking to break in, the one player that needs to and hopefully will be a starter, the starter in 2018, is Bill Hamid. I think right now he is the best goalkeeper in our pool. Tim Howard's not playing well. Guzan's not playing well. Um, you know, not all their faults, but they're still not playing well. I think Hamid... I think Hamid's got to be the guy. I think he is our starting goalkeeper in 2018. We thought Guzan. Don't think so anymore. What do you? Th- what are your thoughts on Bill Hamid? I think I think he's great. I mean, I, I, he's had a great year, great few years. He's really matured. Um, you know, th- there's things he has to improve. But I think if we stick with him, we're going to have growing pains. You know, the last time we really saw him was that four nothing loss to Ireland. But, <laughs> but if we stick with him, there are going to be a little bit of growing pains. But, you know, he can definitely hold his own in, in CONCACAF. He's going to get more confident, maybe get a transfer to Europe. And then, you know, I think he can be one of the best in, in the history of U.S. soccer. I really do. What do you think about his growth curve over the past couple of years? Well, people, seem, people seem to think he's, he's the first homegrown player in MLS history. He's 25 years old. He's not old. No, no, no. I, I know that. I'm just saying. I think, I think. Do you think he'll be more talented than, like, an informed Guzan in 2018. Because I don't think Guzan's going to be, like, done. I think he might be. I think he really? might be. I think I think Villa's going down. Hopefully he finds his spot in the Premier League. I don't know if that's going to happen next year. Yeah. I mean... So, I, if that doesn't happen, Bill Hamid, I expect, within that... In the next... I mean, I guess it's two years now. It's 2016. The World Cup's only two and a half years away. Um... That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> uh, but I think in that time, Hamid can establish himself as number one by moving to Europe, by playing well. Um, and then, you know, we have other guys to challenge him, like Ethan Horvath and Zach Steffen and maybe Jesse Gonzalez. We didn't really get into his whole fiasco. Um, got called up, but then went to Mexico. We won't get into that. Um, but, you know, there are guys. There are young guys, and I think we need to go with them. I think, I think, we, I think we really do. Yeah. Uh, so going on with the U.S. men's national team, but uh, going into more of the European scene, uh, Gideon Zellalem extended his loan with Rangers. He's been playing well there. What do you think about that? Good move for him. Hopefully next year he can get a loan to a, a championship side where he plays or maybe a French or Portuguese side. I think that'd be good for his development. Right now he's playing. He's getting better. He's a big part of their team. Um, I mean, at least he was at the beginning. Uh, he He's still playing quite a bit, so... I think it's a good good move for him. I think it's just it's frustrating to me that like there's so much promise in our midfield right now, but like we can't like our strikers. I'm just well, I'm just hopeless. Well, not hopeless. Jordan Morris, you know, and, and Ruby Rubin. But it's it's really Fabian Johnson, Michael Bradley, and maybe Josie are the only players in that like 24 to 28 range or 30 range that are you know who Matt Beasler like. Who, there's no one else there. They're either really old or really young. And that's the problem with the national team right now. It's a true transition period. Um, so, you know, that's really not Jurgen's fault. I will give him that. Um, but, you know, that's why I'm excited about this camp, to see all these guys. So you're saying the 2018 World Cup will kind of be like the 2010 World Cup? No, I think... No, because I think the 2010 World Cup... Us finishing, us going out in the round of 16 was underperforming. Um, on, I think in 2018, unless unless we get a really easy group, we finish top of the group and get a, a good team to play in the round of 16, I think I would be fine with the round of 16 finish. I mean, at the time, I won't be. You're going to have to bring this back up and say, you said you were fine with this. But, um, yeah. Confirmed, Soccer Brothers is continuing through 2018. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, another move abroad was Chiquel Moore signing with Real Oviedo, uh, second division Spanish side. Um, has a lot of promise. What do you think he can he can do with them? 
Well, he's a right back. We need fullbacks. Um, you know, he he signed. He really signed with the fourth division side, the reserve team. But the team he was playing for, Huracan Valencia, I believe is their name, got kicked out of Spanish football, of the, Span- of the Spanish FA. So, you know, he was out of contract. Good for him for landing in a Segunda Division team. If he can break into the team, it would be really, really good. Uh, Real Oviedo, obviously Spencer FC's club, if any of you know who that is. Uh, he owns a share in the club. Did you know that? No, I didn't know he owned it. I didn't know who Spencer FC is, but I didn't know he... No, like, it's a great story. They got relegated. They went bankrupt, so they sold their... Sh- it's kind of like the Packers. They sh- they sold their shares to fans, and that's right. how they that's how they kept going. Two Packers references. You can tell I'm excited for, for Wild Card Weekend. <laughs> Wrong football. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's a promising player. Good move for him. Hopefully he can break into the team. And then uh, a lot of Americans have been monitoring the transfer rumors of Jonathan Brooks. Who was calling him Jonathan Brooks in the commentary? Someone was. I think it was Eric Winalda. He kept on calling him Jonathan Brooks in the... Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but he's linked with Wolfsburg. And I know you were telling me before that you don't think this would be a good move. But... Well, uh, overall in his career... What, I, about, what about transferring to Wolfsburg, but, the, but then staying on loan at Hertha? That's intriguing. Um, but I don't think there's any reason why that would happen. I mean, looking at the standings right now, Erta Berlin have 32 points. Wolfsburg have 26, so obviously Wolfsburg can catch up. But Erta Berlin are in Champions League contention. I mean, th- there's no indication that they're not a real contender for Champions League, right? I mean, it, he's playing. He's scoring. He's been one of the – probably the best defender on the team, except for little spells where he goes a little AWOL. Um so why should he leave that situation? We've seen so many times Americans leave a good situation and fail. <laughs> Not that Brooks would, because I think he's probably one of our more promising players. Um, probably our most promising center back at this point. Like a good mixture of established player and, and potential. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I think, he, I think he's just playing well. I don't think he should move in the middle of the season. He's, then he's going to have to break in. They have Naldo. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Thinking about it, I mean, uh, there's no reason to move in January when Hertha are in this form. Yeah. But he might be sold because there, there are probably going to be some big offers coming. And Hertha will be like, okay, um, well, that sounds really childish, but then they'll, you know, they'll think, okay, you know, we, we are in Champions League contention. We have center backs that we trust. We can use this money to strengthen our team and make a real Champions League run in the second half of the season. But that never works. You think it never works? A small club should just hold on to the players they have, in my opinion. Yeah, that's and fair. Rebuilding is... I mean, in the middle of a season, what, no. I, I don't think they should sell John Anthony Brooks. Both sides, I think, he, the U.S. Men's National Team, and Hertha should just... Well, the U.S. The US men, yeah, okay. The U.S. Men's National Team has no say, unfortunately. We'll all benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while we're talking about Americans in Europe, we have to talk about Jordan Morris confirming that he's going pro... Uh, you mentioned earlier that he's on trial with Werder Bremen right now, but... Um, well, we don't know if he's on trial. He's just uh, training with them. Yes. But, I mean, it's technically, it is a trial, yeah. really. I mean, if he plays, if he impresses, they'll probably make an offer for him. Uh, but, yeah, he was offered the biggest contract in MLS history for a homegrown player. Finally, he's turning pro, right? It's good for him. Um, you know, I don't, if, I don't know what a good situation for him is. You know, obviously you're inclined to say MLS for his development, but he's competing with Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey up top. I mean, is he really going to start? No. Um, I mean, he could start out wide. No. He could start out wide. Right away? Yeah, I think he's, a t- I think he's talented enough to. I mean, what do, you think, what do you think is the best option for him? I mean, we don't know what European offers he has, but I'm sure he has them. I would say go to the Eredivisie if he has an option there. Okay. Or, or even, be- even better... Be a partnership up top with Rubin. At Utrecht? Yeah. That'd be sweet. That would be sweet. That'd be awesome. I just don't want him to go to a relegation side in any of the leagues. Um, yeah. Leicester City. That's where he should go. Impossible. <laughs> Jamie Vardy's backup. Is he, is, he, is he rumored to be on his way out now or over the summer, Vardy? Vardy? I don't know. I, he should stay. I mean, that's obviously... Yeah. 
I mean, your value is going to go up. You're going to get paid more if you keep on scoring goals, like, now. Yeah, but if he doesn't, then his value is going to go down. That's the but issue. But he thinks, oh, if I was Vardy, I'd be confident. Well, I mean, the thing is, you can't turn down the amount of money he'll probably be offered. But also, what are the chances that you're going to win? I mean, he's not gonna, obviously not going to win the Premier League with Chelsea if that's where he ends up going. Yeah. No. Not so. at all. As I predicted. You did not predict them to be... No, wait, you predicted Chelsea to win. Yeah, I know. I'm saying as I wrongly predicted. Yeah, well, we both had Leicester going down. So. No, I had Leicester finishing 18. That's still going down. But, like, I made a legitimate case why they could be decent. And I think while I was making that case, I realized they would no, be... No, you did not. Side. Yes, I did. You did not think that... We gotta be, go back. You did not think they would be number one in the Premier League come January. I didn't think that, but I knew they would be higher than relegation. Okay, fine. Then why yeah, did you... Why why I started you, talking about them. Well, I'm just, why did you keep them at 18? Okay, you know, it's irrelevant. <laughs> okay. Irrelevant. So, we've been seeing a theme this January. And what is that theme? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, MLS players going into Liga MX. Um, specifically some Americans, but... Yeah. Yeah, and do you think this is bad, good, meaningless, annoying? All of the above. Really, good? all of the above. Good for the U.S. national team, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I still think it is a higher level, unfortunately, as much as I'd like to deny it. Um, at this point in time, it is a higher level of play. Um, so, you know, Omar Gonzalez going there. Luis Gil, it definitely suits Luis Gil's type of play, right? That's He's going, maybe even Luis Silva who I wanted to see the national team for a long time. Um, I think I think he, you know, it could suit his style. Uh, bad because, you know, you're losing, obviously losing top players like like uh, Omar Gonzalez and Judidio. Judidio, a great player for the LA Galaxy, and I think they're really going to miss him. So, so in that way, it's also really annoying because, you know, we obviously don't want to see some of our young talent and some of our better players going to Liga Amekis. Um so, yeah, good, bad, annoying, all of the above, I would say. Omar Gonzalez had an assist in his debut tonight. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why I was saying it. Oh, I guess for the listeners, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. This is just a conversation between you and I. You and me. Yeah, you and me, prepositional phrase. Yeah. Um, so why don't we go over to the U.S. women's national team. Let's do it. Abby Wambach. The world champion. Legend. Retired after playing 70 minutes in the U.S.'s 0-1 loss friendly uh, to China. Against China. <laughs> Against China. Yeah. My Sorry. Bad. Grammar. Grammar is a good thing. Um, yeah. So, match. I don't, We're not going to go into the match. It was really boring. Uh, we thought Lindsay Horan scored at the end, but she was offside. I don't know. Was she, I can't remember if she actually was, um, but I think she was. Uh, but, you know, not a great showing. Not a great showing by Wambach. One of the greatest players in U.S. soccer history. Um, didn't have a great World Cup, but glad she got to win a, a championship. Um, and, you know, uh, right up there with Mia Hamm. Obviously broke her, her record for international goals. Um, Wambach broke Mia Hamm's record. Um, and she she changed the game. She changed U.S. soccer forever. Um, so probably with Mia Hamm, with Landon Donovan... Um, Dempsey, uh, Claudia Reyna, the best, one of the best players in U.S. soccer history, one of the best soccer players we have ever produced in this country. Um, you know, we don't see a lot of players like her uh, in the women's game, um, or in, I mean, in really in any game, in, in the men's game either. Um, you know, someone who can just control the, 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 the penalty box as well as she does. You know, like, she's like Zlatan. Basically, yeah. So... Uh, and, and you know, she half of her goals she scored were headers. That's insane. Like literally around fifty percent, or I think a little bit more than fifty percent of her goals were headers. But she was also How very. Tall is she? I don't know. She was also very very gifted with her feet as well. So yeah. Uh, but another before, thing that sorry before we go um, into what she said, uh, I just want to say I'm really excited to see some of these younger players like Sydney Larue, Crystal Dunn, um, you know, Alex Morgan become the, the number one striker. I'm really excited to see all of that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But one of the other things I was going to say that makes uh, Abby Wambach a bit different is her... Um, outspokenness? Yes, outspokenness. So uh, we're going to talk about her comments uh, before the China Friendly game uh, uh, because she, she spoke a lot uh, because of her retirement and all. 
Um, so I know you'll agree, of course, when Abby Wambach says that Jurgen Klinsmann should be fired. But do you think it means something more to Sunil Gulati and the higher-ups of U.S. soccer when it comes from someone who's so influential to U.S. soccer? No. No. I don't think it means anything in in terms of what Sunil Gulati is going to do. I don't think – I mean, I I really don't think it means anything at all. It was just a question worth posing. Well, you know, I think think it's a valid question. Um, Jurgen's going to keep his job through 2018 unless, you know, we're in fifth place of World Cup qualifying. Going into the last game or going into the last couple of games. Yeah, which just got blown up by Mexico in that CONCACAF Cup game. No, what? No. <laughs> no, no, no. If Jurgen turns it around, I will be his biggest supporter. I just, there's there's nothing that I've seen that will, that makes me believe that he will. Same here. Yeah, it's not like a Jill Ellis situation where it happened during the World Cup. It's been months. It's been a year since we've, you know, since we've actually played well. Um, not all of it is his fault. You know, I, I, it really isn't. Um, but it's just the stuff that Tony Cruz and Philip Lom have said about his coaching worries me. Um, at least about his tactical awareness. But, you know, he really, yeah, we, you know, we won't go into Jurgen. Or, well, to answer your question, no, it makes no difference. Um, it's interesting that she, that she said all of this, though. Yeah, yeah. She said even more. Um, yeah, the, the more interesting thing is what you're going to bring up next. So, uh, yeah, she said uh, when, she's talk- when she was talking about the new dynamic that Jurgen's brought in terms of bringing in foreign players, uh, she said she- that she didn't like the concept and quote-unquote wasn't into it and quote-unquote doesn't, doesn't, doesn't believe it wholeheartedly. In dual national players. Yes. Oh, man. I- she said foreign, but right. I don't know what that foreign, means. Yeah. <laughs> and- I vehemently disagree with her. If you identify as an American... If you put your if you put yourself out there, if your heart is in the game, if you no matter where you're from, if you put on that U.S. jersey and you give your 100, percent you should be welcome onto the team. Um, to her credit, she said, she said she loves Jermaine Jones and Fabian Johnson, but I just well, that's what, well, I think what she's saying is relying uh, too too heavily on that. I think that that is what she's saying. Yeah. Well, but, not only that, but it's like, well, I don't know. But they're still they, Americans, right? They're still part of the pool. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she's saying that they're not Americans. I think that she's saying that that's something that's caused chemistry issues within the team, which I have no idea. I don't think so. But do you think that I mean, language barriers, etc.? I mean, no, they all know. Like, do you think that anything like that affects team chemistry? You see, you see John Brooks hanging out with Mix Discrude and De- well, Mix Discrude's foreign boy, but with DeAndre Yedlin and some of these other guys. I mean, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like that. I mean, to me, it just it doesn't make sense when literally one of the best players on the women's team is Sydney Larue, who was born in Canada. I mean, one of her partners, one of her best friends. So, I mean, yeah, maybe we rely a little bit too heavily, but it's because our development's not there in this country. That doesn't that doesn't mean you know. Obviously, if they're better players, Klinsman's going to use them. I mean, that's, that's his job, right? To identify the talent and to use them. His job is also to further the development in this country, but, you know, he's only been the coach for four years. Or he's only been the technical director for, I don't even know how long, two years. Yeah. So, obviously, that's not going to happen um, in the short term. I just disagree with her, um, but, you know, she knows a lot, so. Yeah. yeah she can still be wrong. Well, yeah, she can be wrong. I, I agree. And then, I uh, think she is wrong. And then, I don't know if you want to talk about uh, what she said about uh, gender inequality in football. She said that she, she said that she understands that the men's game brings in a lot more money, mm-hmm. but she still thinks that you, you can't really put, put a price on something like that, and it's still unfair. I think I think a lot of, I think a lot of the aspects are unfair. Um, I think the fact that they had to play on turf was unfair at the World Cup. Yeah. Um, We're talking about pay right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. I know. There is there is inequality in terms of how FIFA views the two sports. Right? How, how much, you know, how they treat women's soccer and men's soccer. There is a difference there. When it comes to pay, at least in the U.S., in terms of soccer, like she said, Men's soccer brings in more money. And I think 
that is the main, I mean, I, I don't know how you can argue that unless, you know, you know, you're not, you're not, unless you're not a true capitalist in quotes, because not that that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. Can I say not. something? What? Uh, yeah. You're, yeah. <laughs> you're one of the brothers. <laughs> I think what, what is the difference in saying that male soccer players work just as hard as male football players but make a fraction of the money? In this country. In this country, yes. Both MLS versus NFL players. Because, I mean, it's... I said different sports like two minutes ago, but it is the but same it's, sport. It's, 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 it's all under FIFA. Right. But that... But why... But that has nothing to do with how much they get. But, M- you know, yeah, because ML- MLS brings in less money than the Premier League. Right. So, I, I don't know if I... I think the pay gap is a real issue in this country... I don't know if it's true in soccer, but that being said, you know, some of these dumb NWSL players are getting $6,000 a year. I mean... That's ridiculous. Yeah. But U.S. soccer is also paying some of their salaries, not the NWSL. So once, you know, once the league gets going, um, you know, MLS, it took 20 years to get to $60,000 as a minimum. So hopefully the NWSL will get there. Hopefully they can capitalize on uh, this World Cup win, the women's game. And, you know... We, I mean, I really would like to. I really would like to see the day when when they do get paid equally. That will that will means that women's women's soccer is just as important as men's soccer. And I mean, it is. I think. I mean, I don't watch it as much. It's because I'm exposed to it less, probably. Um, but yeah, what are you, do you have any thoughts on that? It's a, it's a difficult thing. Yeah. It's a diff- because you know you you know that we we're, we're both that we're both feminists. Not that we need to say that. I mean, not that it's a bad thing to say that. But like we both definitely believe in equal pay and equal opportunity, um, and we believe that there needs to be societal changes in this country in terms of how women and men are viewed in the workplace. Right? That we agree on. But when you're talking about pure economics, it's it's difficult to say. Yeah, I think, I mean, a lot has to do with the demand, you know, of men's soccer. And when we talk about that, we have to, we have to make the discussion even bigger and say, do athletes get paid too much in comparison to like the working people? But that's capitalism. That's, that's something that we as a But isn't this just capitalism on a more, on a more micro scale? That's what I'm saying. It is capitalism. It's all capitalism. So, I mean, not to get into like economics or into, you know something that's really important right now, something that's really divisive, and maybe, you know, maybe our viewers disagree with us on. Um, but... Oh. Sorry, go ahead. So you want to see a day where the demand of women's soccer is just as big as the demand yes. of men's soccer? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. And if at that time, the pay is to like, for some reason, U.S. soccer is giving more money. Because, you know, U.S. soccer, the bonuses they got at the World Cup were like a million dollars or so. Women got, uh, I think, I don't even know, for winning the World Cup, I don't think they made $100,000. I don't know. I don't know the numbers. Maybe they did. But it was significantly less. Now, that also, I think, is, is economics. The, women, the, the men's World Cup is the biggest sporting event in the world. It brings in a lot of money. And U.S. soccer gets a fraction of that money, and they pay um, they pay the men's players. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's a difficult issue, right? I think I think maybe the I think the women should be paid more. I, I really do, but I also don't know the numbers. I don't know how much each player is getting paid. I don't know how much you know the the U.S. women's national team how much money they're generating. Um, I think I still think the biggest issue. For women's soccer, that, that's that's preventing them, that's prohibiting them from getting to that level, is one interest which has gone up all over the world, um, especially in England after their run. Right, the, the the country was behind them. You know, the women's World Cup. This was the most successful one, and I think a lot a lot of that has to do with expanding to twenty four teams, which was good. Um, two, very 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 little representation in FIFA. A lot, none of the higher ups are women. There's very little representation. Um, so that's something that they have to look into as an organization, FIFA. Um, 
Because, I mean, I, I can't, I'm sure there are, but I can't really name any any FIFA executives that are women. Um, no, I can't. So, you know, I don't think Sepp Blatter was even at the U.S. The other thing is, does FIFA respect the women's game? And at this time, you have to think they don't. Um, because of the Women's World Cup being played on turf, I don't think Seth Blatter was at the Women's World Cup final. Um, now, that you know that might be for a lot of issues. He might have been arrested or something like that. Um, but, the, the, I mean, interest, zero representation, and I, I really think it's just disrespected. I think those are the big issues surrounding women's football today. And if we resolve those issues, if we can get representation, if, we, if FIFA can spend its time, um, you know, generating interest, um, you know, fostering an environment in countries uh, where women's soccer is totally overlooked, fostering an environment where women can become soccer players, and it's, 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 a, it's a viable profession for them. And, I mean, if, they just, if, if FIFA just takes it seriously overall, then at that point, everything else will start to come. Equality will start to come, hopefully, in terms of, of pay. Um, but those are just my thoughts. I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I can't say if I'm correct. Um, I mean, do you have any any final thoughts on that? Do you agree or disagree with what I just said? I mean, yeah, I don't think that women's soccer uh, gets the respect it deserves. Personally, it I don't. I don't think we're going to see the day where the demand of men's soccer and no, I, women's I don't, soccer is the same. I don't think um, so either. At least while we're alive, I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, we won't see the day. But this women's team this summer created such a big buzz, more than I have seen for this women's team in a long... I mean, I have only been watching soccer for like eight years, but in that time, I, I mean, even in the 2011 World Cup, we didn't see it. Particularly the, the age range of like 10 to 14, I yeah. saw tons of... Yeah, I mean, and men's soccer is getting there too, because the other thing is men's soccer is not even there yet in this country. Um, but I mean, Carly Lloyd is a, is a household name now. I mean, in terms of soccer heroes... In this country, Landon Donovan, Tim Howard, and Car- Carly Lloyd, Abby Wambach, Mia Hamm. Don't you, Mia Hamm's probably the biggest star in, in U.S. soccer history. Yeah. I mean, the 99 World Cup, all those, all those women who, who did such an amazing, amazing thing in, in bringing soccer to this country. So, yeah. They are disrespected. Hopefully it gets better. I mean, yeah. I think it is getting better. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll uh, come back to this issue again. Yeah, that was a uh, long discussion. Yeah. I did not expect it to be that long. I, I'm, I was thinking of not even bringing up the pay thing, but... I mean, it's an important issue. And yeah. please, if you disagree with us, which you have every right to, please let us know. Please send us an email. I mean, maybe we'll, we'll address it next time. Because, um, you know, it's hard for us... It's hard for us to say, you know, because we're, we're not really that close to the situation. But... But th- right. that being said, that being said, sorry, one more thing. If if we want women's soccer to get there, we have to watch. We have to get other people to watch. And if you're listening to this podcast right now and you do not care about women's soccer, I encourage you to watch the NWSL and to watch the U.S. Women's National Team. Because, I mean, first of all, it's fun. They win. <laughs> and secondly, it's good soccer. It's different. It's always going to be – it's different. It's always going to be different. Um but it's still really, really good soccer. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say they can beat the men's team. I mean, no, that's not true. Without, well, I don't, you didn't have to say <laughs> Yeah, I know. There's no I don't pressure know, people, to say that. No, I feel like, no. I, I'm just not, because people, I've seen that before. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean... I mean, watching the women's national team is definitely a lot more entertaining than some of the soccer I've watched from the men's game. It's just a yeah. matter of... But the other thing, do you think we are biased because we're Americans and we're good? I mean, obviously it generates interest. I... But... I don't... I, I, I think that part of the reason that... Like, if MLS had had no connection to other leagues and... There was no CONCACAF Champions League. It would be less interesting. And I don't know if there's that same connection with NWSL to everything. I know it's just starting, so we'll have to see where that takes yeah. us. And uh, 10 years ago, MLS, like, could have said the, we could have said the yeah. same thing about MLS. So yeah, exactly. We'll just see that. 
And the popularity of soccer where it is right now in the U.S. is is also in part because of women's soccer. I don't think you can deny that. I mean, the 1999 World Cup in the U.S. was big, not only for women's soccer, but for U.S. soccer. So, um, yeah. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll discuss it at a later time, too. I mean, that was a really long discussion. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Uh, kind of MLS and European news. Uh, so, uh, Drogba is wanted by Chelsea as a coach uh, in light of Jose Mourinho being fired. Um, you know, we saw him score a ton of goals from Montreal Impact at the end of last season. Uh, well, what do you think the best move for all parties is here? Uh, well, the best move for Chelsea is... There's no best move for all parties. What kind of question? No, I mean, like, each party. Oh, each party. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, I think, well, obviously for Montreal, for him to stay, and obviously for Chelsea, for him to join the coaching staff, because they want to keep Hazard. Apparently, that's one of the reasons. For Drogba, I think either one suits him. Um, I hope For MLS's sake, I hope he plays one more year. I mean, that's all I can say. He did a great job in the last six months. Montreal are a real contender with him up front next year. Yeah, I think they could. They were a third seed this year, right? Uh, no. I think they were, what they, the fi- they were the five oh, yeah, seed. Yeah, yeah. They beat Toronto in the Yeah, they, they can definitely see higher than that then. Yeah. Uh, Justin Mapp and Cameron Porter are coming back too. Yeah. Oh, no, Justin Mapp left. I forgot who he signed swap, right? Yeah, I forgot who he signed for. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. And then in terms of other coaching news, uh, we just talked about... I mean, do you want to say anything else about Mourinho being fired? Did we talk about Mourinho being fired? I mean, we talked about the vacant... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He, he's not going to be the manager. Hiddink wants him as a, as a uh, assistant. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. Um, yeah, sorry. That was my fault. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it was the right choice, right? It was just a terrible, terrible season for Chelsea. Um... They were doing a horrible job. Uh, Mourinho, it seemed like the players weren't behind him. Hazard didn't want to play in that system. They were losing pretty much every week. They lost to Bournemouth. Um, you know, they, yeah, yeah, plenty of teams. Yeah. So, they dropped points against. It was, it was uh, the, I think it was, it was the right move. move. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely the right move. Another coaching change in Europe was Rafael Benitez being fired from Real Madrid. Uh, I mean, we saw it coming. Yeah. I said the whole time that he wasn't the right move. You know, who thought he was the right move? Some people, because, oh, they pointed to a success with Liverpool. I saw what he did with Napoli last year. I wasn't impressed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, hopefully they can find a coach they keep for more than a year or two years. I don't know if that'll happen. The interesting thing for me is probably my favorite player, probably my favorite non-American player of all time, Zinedine Zidane, is taking over. I mean, it, don't you think it's kind of fast? Maybe it'll yeah, be maybe yeah. it'll be like Giggs last year or not last year the year before with United where he finished out the season. You after. think we're going to see uh, Zinedine Zidane get sub himself on? No, no, <laughs> it's not okay. It's not exactly the same. Um, but That'd be awesome. yeah, it would be. Uh, maybe he'll call up his son to the full, to the <laughs> to the senior team. Yeah. Um, but no, no, no. I, I well, Giggs finished out the season and then he became the assistant to Louis Van Hall, right? Yeah. Um, and then probably Giggs will be the next coach of Manchester United. Um, so I think that's probably the same type of thing we'll see no matter what happens. Um, so, I mean, what do you think? Barcelona runs away with it now? You think it's over, the title, Chase? Yes. Okay. And I don't think, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what Zidane does. I'm interested to see what they can do in the Champions yeah. League. Uh, that's going to be interesting going I forward. Mean, with talent alone and, you know, they've played with each other before, I mean, they, they have a shot to win everything all the time. Right when he took over, he actually said that Cristiano Ronaldo, he said, like, he's never going to leave the club, basically. Yeah. As long as he's under contract. So that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, more broad soccer news. I think we maybe already touched on it. Platini and Blatter, uh, UEFA president and FIFA president, were both banned from FIFA for eight years. I don't think we ever touched on it, but good. Very, very, very good. The FIFA election um, is on February 26th, just around the corner. Um, so, you know, so glad these two. Platini, this was all because I think we talked, we touched on the issue before, how Platini was paid, I think, a million dollars, um, some some ridiculous amount of money 
um, for something he apparently did 10 years ago. Um, and we think it's because he dropped out of the race against Blatter, um, the FIFA presidential race. So they both deserve the bans. So now um, they're both gone, which means Platini won't become FIFA president, which might have happened if only Set Blatter was banned, which I'm excited about. So very happy that this happened. Good for soccer. Not that FIFA is all of a sudden un- uh, not corrupt, uh, but going forward, it'll, it, it's good. It's good for soccer. Do you know what this means for the – will we still have a Qatar World Cup or definitely? Probably, but we'll see. They've already started like construction. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, it's worth stopping so more people don't die in Qatar. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so moving over to Copa America Centenario, uh, more CONCACAF teams have, uh, been It's done. All 16 teams are in now. Yes. Uh, we saw, uh, so we saw Panama beat Cuba in order to enter, uh, the CONCACAF, uh, an extra CONCACAF spot in the Copa America and Haiti beat Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately Trinidad and Tobago won't be there, but... You know, we know Haiti's a good team now, um, so that 1-0 win we had against them, um, wasn't it 1-0? It was, we did not play well against them in the Gold Cup. I mean, they're a good team. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see these, those two teams there. So, um, they will join Panama and Haiti will join Jamaica, the um, Caribbean champions, Costa Rica, the Central American champions, U- the U.S., obviously, the hosts, and Mexico, who will be there as six of the 16 teams um, in the Copa America Centenario, those are all the CONCACAF teams, along with all 10 Comnipol teams. So it should be exciting. I'm excited for the summer. Not really, because we're going to get destroyed. Uh, actually, no, we won't. I have faith. <laughs> we, can, we can do it. Semifinals. Why do you say we'll get destroyed? I, don't, I just think, I, I think a lot of our players will be with the U23s. Actually, we need more time to gel. Yeah, that's, this isn't going to work. This is only six months away. Like June, yeah. 3rd, June 3rd is the first match, I think. I hope I hope we treat it like a World Cup, basically, in terms of like the squad we play in. Everything. I, yeah, I hope so too. No, you and know I what? Ho- I hope our country. Like, I don't think we're not going to get. We're not. Can, yeah. I hope our whole country can get behind us. Yeah, too. me too. I don't think we'll get destroyed. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Wait for the, after for, the 2014 World Cup. He said, "Like the next big thing that I expect all the Americans to." Well, anyway, Calvert got like. Fired from ESPN, but anyways. Yeah, he's at Fox Sports. Yeah. Why are we talking about... Co- <laughs> because he said that 2016 would be the next time that, like, America would get behind... It would be, like, another World Cup, basically, for, for like, people who aren't really soccer Because yeah, it'll be here, which, yeah. is, which is good. All right. Um, we'll do well. I have faith. I have faith in Jurgen and the team. I don't know about that. Okay, so we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> let's, let's move... For the sake of this podcast... Let's go forward. <laughs> All right. Um, why, why don't you talk about some of the podcast news? Some of the podcast news. Well, we have some guests in the works. Um, you know, hopefully, we, we haven't had one in a while, I think since episode 18, I want to say. Um, Padma Partland. Yeah. Um, so maybe 20, 21. Yeah, 18 was Solano. Yeah, 18 was Solano. 21 was Padma Partland. So I guess it was only nine episodes ago, but it was like three months ago. Um, you know, we'd like to have him back on maybe if Everton gets taken over by, uh, the Americans. Um, but more excitingly, we are on the verge of launching our soccer brothers website. It is not up yet. Um, as of January 8th at two thirty or January 9th at two thirty two AM Eastern time. Um, but it will be up in the next few days. Look forward to that along with our podcast. Um, we will have some quick articles that we'll probably be doing. Um, so it's going to be, it's, it looks great. Uh, shout out to Sachin Hijabu, um, our web designer. Yeah, he's helped us out immensely. Um, we're really, really excited to get it launched. And hopefully by our next episode, it will be up and you all can go check it out. And there's going to be tons of, how you, I mean, should I spoil it for them or just like, No, don't spoil okay. it for them. But there will be a link to our partner, Ambitious Strike. Yes, Ambitious Strike. If you want to check out Ambitious Strike, a wonderful company, a sports apparel brand company, you can go to ambitiousstrike.com, do the spelling. That's A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S-S-T-R-Y-K.com. As always, that link is in the description. Don't forget to use the code BROTHERS at checkout for 15% off on, on your entire purchase. Great, great stuff. All right, good episode. We covered a lot, and we, like I said, 
we will be having more consistent episodes in the future. Definitely. Uh, happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. <laughs> uh, happy Holidays. They're all over. Um, hopefully. We look forward to, I mean, it's our first episode of 2016. I don't even know oh, if we said true. that. Oh, that's true. We did not say that. Yeah. We made it. We made it to another year. We did. And we made it to 30 episodes. Yeah, a lot of milestones here. Uh, we look forward to seeing you in 2017 again, um, and obviously throughout this year, but uh, that's our goal. We, we don't plan on slowing down, and we plan to give out even better content than we did in 2015 this yeah. year. So we're excited about our site to uh, also write some stuff for you guys. One thing that I want to explore maybe this year is if we can get a big enough following that we can start recording them live maybe. Well, maybe we can do like, – I know we were talking yeah. to – you know, I used to write for a site called Between the Touchlines. Uh, Kerry Mullen, who created the site, he said – you know, he suggested we go on Rabble TV like three or four months ago. We might start doing that if we get a big enough following. Um, but I know like other shows do that. I think Jason Davis does it and so did the Total Soccer yeah. Show. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be cool to have live episodes, question and answer and stuff like that. Have people call into the show. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but uh, see you guys next episode. As always, may the force be with you.